Happy New Year, brother. Good to see you, Anderson. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to primetime. Top of the new year and our collective fate in 2021 will be greatly influenced by what happens this first week. The Republicans, they are insistent. They just want to ignore reality. Do you know that every 33 seconds, someone now dies in America of COVID? Every 33 seconds. There's desperation everywhere. The vaccine is being wasted. The distribution is a mess. There's no word of or worry about how to improve it by this leadership. And instead of obsessing over the reality, Trump and co. are engaged in the fantasy that our election was a fraud. And yet these same men and women who say they're so worried about manipulation of votes that they must, they must try to stop our constitutional transfer of power. The same people are stubbornly resistant to the strongest evidence of irregularities that we have. What is the strongest evidence of irregularity? What is, in fact, a smoking gun? This. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. Flipping the state is a great testament to our country. If only on this, Trump is the worst we have ever seen. Find me the votes. Nothing wrong with that. With pressuring Georgia's top election official to overturn his defeat. Listen, put a pinky ring on this guy's little hand. He is nothing but a mob boss. Listen to this. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. It's more illegal for you than it is for them because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's, that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. It's going to be very costly in many ways. He has no proof of any of that. He offered no proof of any of that, but it's going to be costly. Is he going to sleep with the fishes? Scorsese never had a more obvious malefactor in his films. Look, it's a new year, all right? Just try to start open. Does this pass the smell test, what he's doing with this guy? No. You having trouble with that? Pretend Biden was saying it. Now you got those eyes popping, right? Jim Jordan's moving his tie, rolling up his sleeves, right? Biden would be on on this alone if they had the numbers. The Senate would be holding hearings announced yesterday. But the Republicans, they're just pawns to a garrulous gangster. He even gave them mobby nicknames, right? Lion Ted, Little Marco. Now they're ignoring the realities in their own states and all over this country. We are in pain and they are intent on causing more. They want to focus on a fiction that is nothing but an effort to tear us apart when we need to be together. And they know that. Remember them. Remember their names. Remember their faces. Remember their places and what they failed to do in this moment. You know, many Republicans were elected or reelected on the same ballots they now object to. Think about that. They're crying fraud for Trump, but not their victories. Those are legit. How stupid do they think we are? They argue, stop the steal alongside Trump. And now he's on tape, literally trying to steal the election again. Remember, this ain't his first perfect call. Remember him with Zelensky in Ukraine? Yeah, we're going to help you, but I want you to do a favor for me. And he wanted him to go after Biden. This is who he is. He's the worst. But it's about everybody else around him that put him first. They are who you most focus on because they remain. And remember this, their rationale for ignoring the reality. Here it is. Listen, we have to focus on the fact that the election was fraudulent because that's what has people angry. The people are only angry about that because you've lied to them. You lied about this election. 
and you know it. How do we know you know it? Because your big brain people who are arguing about it now, they don't have any proof. They've never offered you any. And they've had dozens of chances to make it true in courts all over the country at every level with conservative judges, with Republican state officials, with Republican legislatures, each and all negating their nugatory nonsense. And they know it. This has never been about law and fact. They've never had it on their side. It's about how angry can they make you? How inimical to your own interests? How much can you hate me such that you ignore what they are doing to you? It is the worst president and political poison we may have ever seen. And no, no, it's not something they all do. There are problems in our political culture, full stop. There are problems with these parties that I would like to discuss, but it is beyond my mandate. I think this two-party system is killing us. But be very clear about where we are in this moment. This is about the Retrumplicans, period. Exhibit A, the top Republican in the House this morning. Listen to this guy. But what I read about, the president has always been concerned about the integrity of the election. And the president believes that there are things that happen in Georgia, and he wants to see the accountability for it. But does anybody in America think the last election was done well? Uh, yeah, McCarthy. A lot of people think the election was done well, like the courts, like the 50 states that certified them, including your own. That's Exhibit A. Here's Exhibit B. Trump's Homeland Security Department says what I just told you, okay? His cyber chief, his own attorney general said no mass fraud. What happened to them? They don't get the McCarthy treatment. They don't get to talk to the smiling faces on the couch, right? Gone within days. For what? Telling the truth. You want to stick around. You got to be like Mr. Mendacity there. Play the game. Play the game. David Perdue, one of the GOP senators in the spotlight in Georgia, right? Fighting to keep his job. He was asked about this tape. He says, it's disgusting. Not what Trump did. The secretary of state recording and releasing it. Leave it to a moneyed stock jockey to hate the exposure of an inside game. The truth literally sickens these people. And remember this. I'm not telling you something that isn't known that you don't even know by now. The truth is known. Their own party members confirm it. Takes us to Exhibit C. There is no shredding of ballots going on. That's not real. It's not happening. No one is changing parts or pieces out of Dominion voting machines. That is, that's, that's not a real, I don't even know what that means. It's not a real thing. Secretary Raffensperger does not have a brother named Ron Raffensperger. That is also not real. The president tweeted that, that out as well. That guy's a Republican, by the way. It is the night before the runoff elections in Georgia. They will decide the balance of power in the Senate. Now, look, I don't know who wins. And frankly, to me, it doesn't matter because I know what has to change. It doesn't matter which party wins. The focus is what has to change, and it has to be on you. Congress has to get off of their inside game and back onto you. That's part of my job. And it's, you know, really the responsibility of you in watching me to create the mandate of checking them. Your problems are real. They're resonant. And the people gifted the ability to do your business and bidding, and it is a gift you give them. They need to remember who put them there. So far, this president-elect does seem to get that. Politicians cannot assert, take, or seize power. Power is given, granted, by the American people alone. We're a nation built on honor, decency, Dignity and respect. That's who we are. That's who we are at our best. Now, sometimes you've got to go through a test to get to your best. And I, for one, hope there is a really ugly and obvious event on January 6th in Congress. Why? I don't want drama, but I want you to see the truth. I want you to see who stands up and on what basis, and remember the names and faces who try to give the bums rush to Uncle Sam. Make no mistake, that's what's happening. They are attacking our democracy and therefore our country's foundation. Be clear, there's no way to qualify an opposition that's based on no proof. 
It can only be a brazen broadside. That's how they set it up. But here's the good news for 2021. We won. I don't care what party you are. Again, I think that whole system is part of the problem. We'll get to that another time. The institutions that secure our democracy won. They got the rust knocked off of them by revolt. And they withstood the worst blows from these people that we've seen in the modern era. Uncle Sam was too much for Trump and co. You know, I was looking at this picture of him and I got to be honest, I never got it. I never got the look. Why so wizened, such garish clothes? Why? But now, doesn't Uncle Sam seem perfectly suited for the moment? He's got that COVID look that everybody has now. He's got the scraggly beard. He's got the long hair because he can't go get a cut. He's got the added wrinkles. Even the outfit. It's kind of cool, man. Turns out fighting for democracy never goes out of style. And that look in his eye, that's what gets me. A lot of us have that look now. Check it out. Pointing at you. Why? It's the stink eye. He's sick of it. He's sick of being sick. He's sick of people trying to make us sick. Uncle Sam is us. United States of America, Uncle Sam. There has never been a time that calls for us to remember that we have to come together, that our strength is in the collective than right now. So let's point forward. Let's find a better course and let's get after it. Tonight, that means starting with an election official in the state making the most headlines. Matt Mashburn is a member of the Georgia Election Board. He is a Trump voter. Okay, he has been investigating the fraud claims and he wants to come on to tell us what the reality is in his state on the eve of it being the focus of the nation. Welcome. Best of the new year to you and your family. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Chris. Glad to be here. You know, I know people have been talking to you about your position and say, man, I'm sorry you're in such a jam. I don't feel like that. Yeah, you're a Republican. You should be proud of it. Uh, And your party does not have to be co-opted by one man and his interests. What do you have for this audience to understand in terms of how the election was conducted in the state of Georgia and how you feel about the results? Well, the first thing I'd like to point out uh, in Georgia is for the first time ever, um, we've had voter verified paper receipts that each in-person, in-precinct voter looked at and verified that, uh, yes, this was my vote. Now, traditionally, every election that we've had computerized voting for 20 years, we had about 300 to 800 complaints that the machine flipped the vote because of recalibration or calibration issues or whatever. But for this time, we didn't have a single report. I didn't have a, get a single report of a voter who said the machine printed out the incorrect uh, candidate that mm-hmm. I did not choose. Um, so, and we've never had that before. The signatures uh, were fake. Uh, they found ballots thrown out and they found ballots that were uh, that were played with. And Dominion is taking stuff out of its machines in the county that count. You look at those and what did you find? Yeah, the um, the we the signature check was the largest mobilization uh, by the GBI in its history to examine signatures. Uh, and there was a specific complaint about Cobb County. So we in, uh, investigated Cobb County and they didn't find a single instance of fraud. They did find two voters who would probably should have been notified of a signature uh, mismatch, and they tracked it down, and the voters confirmed, yes, that was my vote. So there was zero um, evidence of um, uh, signature fraud in the largest examination of its type in the GBS history. You are a rhino. You are a Republican in name only. You have been duped and paid off, and that's why you are ignoring the obvious. That's what you will be told. Your response? I I actually have been told that um, about things that I I witnessed myself. Um, And so it's kind of awkward um, when, uh, for example, I was at the English Avenue Tabulation Center when the election director announced, we're counting again at State Farm to everybody in the room. And uh, then people will come to me and say uh, there was secret voting at State Farm. And I was like, well, that that was a terribly kept secret because everybody at English Avenue five miles away in a different building knew about it. So that that was a pretty terribly kept secret if it was supposed to be secret because we all knew about it. What do you say uh, to members of your party or supporters of Trump who say 
If you say what you're saying right now, you keep saying this, especially to Cuomo, you're not one of us. You're going bad on your own party. What do you say to them? Well, I, there are people who are um, upset, um, and and as we talk to as we talk to them, they're very um, they're very passionate about the election. But most of them are involved in things like tabulation for the very first time. So I, it's it's like when you're on an airplane and you're on the airplane with a first time uh, flyer, and the and the landing gear goes up in the wheel well, and you hear this thump. Well, for a first time flyer, that's very disturbing, uh, and you know, they'll say, you know, what's that? What's that? The plane's going to, you know, the plane's got a problem. And if, and I've been doing tabulation for 25 years. So a 25 year frequent flyer will go, no, that's, that's just normal. Mm. That's okay. And so um, give an example about the the shredding of the, of the ballots. Those were um, uh, uh, in in Cobb County at Jim Miller Park. You know, it took me five seconds and I saw that's the white, that's the white envelope. It does have the word ballot on it. But it's the white ballot envelope that the ballot goes in. Right. Every so good conspiracy. Once you take the ballot out of it, the envelope's worthless. Every good conspiracy has a little bit of truth in it. There yeah. is an envelope. Yeah. It says ballot. just wasn't a ballot. Uh, lastly, you know, it is no small irony, I'm sure, to you or to me, that the same men and women who are saying, that you can't trust that Mashburn, there are real problems down there, are ignoring what Trump said to your secretary of state on a recorded call. Have you ever heard anything like that from somebody in high office? And how do you explain members of your party in Congress ignoring it? Yeah, first, I thought the secretary and and Ryan Germany did a really great job. Um, If I have an employee who needs to tell someone in a position of positional authority over them that they're they're wrong about something, I I would like to use that as a training model. I thought they did a remarkably good job. in doing that, but the um, the I'm glad there are people that are upset that the tape um, was released, but I'm glad that it was because when the Lindsey Graham thing happened, I didn't know who said what to who, but here I was able to listen word for word who said what to who, and the things that I knew personally from my own personal knowledge that were related by Ryan and the secretary were correct. Would you have voted for Trump, uh, Mr. Mashburn, if you had heard a call like this before you cast your vote? Him saying, find me the votes. Come on, look, I know I won. Just find me the votes. It'd be a good thing. You know, you could just say you recounted and give me the votes. It could be bad for you if you don't do it. Would you have voted for him? Yeah. Yeah, the the recounting, the recount, it was recalculating. The recalculating is real problem. We're election lawyers, election contest lawyers are, are used to hearing margin plus one, margin plus one. That's the holy grail of an election contest. So I can get the remedy. of, But that's a, of illegal ballots. That's not go switch margin plus one um, or go recalculate right. margin plus one. If so that's you, problematic. I'm with you. But if you had heard this, if you were aware that this is where Trump's head was on this, would you have voted for him? Uh, I would have to. Yeah. Uh, I would have to, I would have to, I can't answer a hypothetical, but I would have to first say who, who is, who is advising him and telling him how contests work. Um, and so, you know, why does he have to know how a contest works to know that you don't cheat and don't ask somebody to cheat for you? That's what he's doing in the call. Is he not? Well, you got this margin plus one, margin plus one, and everybody's heard about it. I need that. But he never even mentions that, Matt. He just says, find me the votes. Right. But he he doesn't know that the remedy of an election contest is you don't declare the true winner. The remedy of an election contest is if it's a state race, you order a new election. If it's the president, you just don't seat the electors. So he's still stuck on this idea that, that somebody can still at the state level, declare him the winner. And that's just not true. Well, he's wrong about the process, but he's also wrong about asking somebody from his own party to cheat for him. But Matt Mashburn, look, you did your job the right way. Uh, You're willing to talk about it in a time where that could carry a heavy price. Uh, So I wish you well, and I thank you for your candor. Well, thank you for having me. And just, I I would rather people put their passion into standing uh, in the voting lines and go vote rather than uh, be on Twitter. And it's good to know that you can tell them it'll be carried out the right way. Be well. Yeah. Yeah. We, this will be the most looked at uh, uh, election that's ever been possible in Georgia's history. 
Um, and so I have no, I have no, I've, there's nothing that has caused me to, uh, that's proof that to, to doubt the outcome. Good. Uh, thank you very much. All right. So there you have it. Okay. Another Republican voted for Trump, looked at these things, says there is nothing there. And by the way, he's still given a lot of cover to Trump. Oh, he doesn't understand what it is. Guys asking for them to cheat. Trump understands more than well. I promise you that. The question is, what he did on that call, how wrong is it? Is it a crime? Should it be investigated? I think it's a legit question. We have two perfect guests, a former Trump impeachment counselor and former Trump White House lawyer. Next. Another perfect call by Trump. Another perfect call that raises a bunch of legal questions. The reality is his time as president is running out. And that's probably a good thing for what he's put this country into. That leaves us on January 20th with some 150 plus members of Congress who've actively engaged in a plan to undercut your vote. What do we do about it? Should we do anything about it? Let's bring in the legal minds. Norm Eisen, you know him, friend of show, worked on impeaching Trump. Jim Schultz, you know him, friend of show, worked in Trump's White House on the legal team. Gentlemen, good to have you both. Uh, Jimmy, let me just start with a point of fascination. So we got Matt Mashburn, right? Has the gumption to come on, tell the truth about what he found, even though he knows people are going to jump on him. Here's the call. Uh, doesn't like what he hears on the call. And when I ask him, would you have voted for Trump again if you knew that this kind of stuff is what he'd say? He gives him a break. What is it with you people that keeps giving Trump a break no matter what he says or what he does? How can Mashburn or any of you guys hear what he says on that tape and not find it damning? No, I don't think we are giving him a break. I think people like Pat Toomey and Liz Cheney are doing the right thing. They're speaking out against that call and saying the right things and saying that it is dangerous and saying that it's troubling and saying all the things that they should be saying because it's the right thing to do. I think Liz Cheney coming out was tremendously beneficial for the Republican Party, and I think people should be paying more attention to what she's saying because it matters. I also think, what the heck was the President of the United States making a call to a second-tier elected official in a state? I was general counsel to a governor in a pretty big state in Pennsylvania. When the President of the United States called and when I was general counsel, it was President Obama. I don't care what party you're in. It's a big deal when the president calls. The president doesn't call second-tier elected officials. It wasn't the right call. He shouldn't have made the call to begin with and certainly shouldn't have had that dialogue. Hmm. Norm, the least of Trump's problems is that he had the audacity to call a second-tier guy, although, of course, the secretary of state is in charge of the discourse, uh, the discharge of the election uh, in that state. But, Norm, him making the call was the least of his problems. What he said on the call should be examined. What do you see? Uh, well, uh, Chris, um, I think the president is facing serious criminal exposure here. Uh, when he asked, uh, 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 he just wants uh, uh, 11,780 votes. Uh, that triggers the federal election fraud statute and even statutes, and even more troubling, Chris, this is also against the law in the state. And so we've seen already that the perhaps the greatest imminent criminal threat to Donald Trump is the uh, Manhattan DA, Cyrus Vance, and his investigation. Guess what, Chris? Trump just inherited a bookend, and that is the Fulton County DA, uh, Miss Willis. She is going to be uh, a thorn, I predict, in Trump's side because uh, he uh, has uh, exposed himself criminally under the Georgia laws forbidding uh, solicitation for election fraud. But you know they're not going to get him, Norman. And the better question is, do you think that they should even go after him? Do you think it does any good in the interest of justice, in the interest of America, to have more people going after him for what he just does all the time anyway? Well, Chris, you've talked about the pattern here. That's what's so, so troubling. You know, we had uh, Russia. If you're listening, you'll be mightily rewarded. Uh, Ukraine, can you do us a favor, though? Now we have, I just need 11,780 votes. 
And uh, I do think there, in a rule of law system, there has to be consequences. I think he's exposed, Chris, and I think they may, may well go after him. And I think it's good that it's done in the states. Let it operate at a distance from the federal government. Uh, so there's no uh, miasma, no taint of uh, the mm. next president going after the last one. You know, so uh, I think there's serious uh, exposure. No, look, and that's, that's why I want your head on this, because you understand that I have been, you know, just made cynical by this. I mean, I really believe that the president's right. I think he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and somehow get away with it, because everybody around him, Jim, ignores or empowers whatever he does. I mean, you have men and women in your party right now who are hell-bent for leather that they've got to hold up the transfer of power because the people demand it because there were irregularities, but they ignore this tape. They ignore the fact that nobody Look, I, has presented I, I, I any proof it, I in any court. Was, in, in, two, in 2004 and in 2016, when some Democrats did it, I thought it was garbage then. I don't think it's a good idea this time either. So, so no, I don't think we should be holding up, holding up this election. I think if, if people want to talk about the individual voter laws in each individual state, that can be done if, if the people of that state right. want it. They're going to speak through their legislatures. Right. They can hold hearings. Absolutely. They can change laws. They can make voting more secure. That's the dialogue that needs to be happening Absolutely. in this country Absolutely. right That's now. Fine. And at look, the state level and at the federal level but, to a certain extent. And, but and at look, the state level, we need to be protecting. Elections. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with the fact Good. that when these issues came up in Georgia in 2016, members of your party said it was just sore loser, did nothing about it, encouraged nothing about it. The state Republicans encouraged nothing about it. So I have no problem with fixing what's wrong. The election process is imperfect and that's being gentle. We know it. You just don't get to complain about it only when it doesn't work to your advantage. What I don't get here is you say, you know, when the Democrats did it, I didn't like it either. I got to reject it, Jimmy. You've never heard a Democrat say anything like what Trump just said on that tape and what he just said moments ago. Listen to what just came out of his pie hole. Listen to this. And I hope Mike Pence comes through for us, I have to tell you. I hope that our great vice president, our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. Oh, so, it's Pen so it's Pence's fault. I mean, look, Jimmy, just there. No, hold on, know. hold on. Let me clarify what I said. In 2016 and 2004, there were Democrats on the floor of the House that did, this, are doing this, did the same thing then that the Republicans are doing now. They never and, challenged and the electors. That, that, that was the point I was making. They never challenged they, they the electors. Didn't? No. You didn't have a January 6th they, tantrum where they held it up and had debates well, did, and a vote? Did, you, they didn't hold it up because we, they didn't get a senator to do it. But there were members of the House that did it in 2016 and had a senator going along with it. They probably would have, yeah, but would they have done didn't. the same thing. The point but is I, they I didn't do the same thing. Garbage then. Well, because they didn't have a but Democrat But don't make a false equivalency because it mitigates. I'm not was, making a false right, equivalency. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jimmy, I hear you. Norm, take it this way. Um, what the president so is asking I, I for, talk, let me, wait, okay. Jimmy, hold on a second. What, what the president is asking for that Pence do the right thing. What is he asking for? And what's the reality? Uh, when the president says he wants Pence to do the quote, right thing, which we know is the wrong thing. He's telling Pence when he goes in the chair on Wednesday, January 6th, in the purely ministerial role, Chris, uh, of the presiding officer over this joint session of Congress, uh, that he wants Pence to recognize uh, these phony allegations uh, and to strike down the legitimately elected slates. We know he's been pressing Pence to do that. Right. And, you know, it's just as shocking as that call. It's a betrayal of the Constitution. It's a betrayal of, of his oath. It's a call for a coup with a gavel instead of a rifle. Uh, let's hope that, and we expect that, the vice president will not do that. Well, look, I got I to gotta jump. I appreciate your guys' take on Chris, this. Chris, let me, let me jump in here, though. I, right, think, I think the vice president is going to do, do the right thing and carry out the duties as he's required, which, which is those, those ministerial duties that Norm's talking about. Right, I, I think the vice president is going to do the right thing, no, it's not a what the president Point worth making. The vice president has been invited on the show many times. Uh, and I will say this, Mr. Vice President, you're being set up by the president. And it's not fair. It's not within your powers to do what he's asking you to do, and you shouldn't have even been asked to do it. It's beneath the dignity of his office and yours. Uh, Norm Eisen, thank you very much. Jimmy Schultz, appreciate you. Appreciate you both. All right, so Trump wants to be president very badly, very badly. Why? Why? 
He's ignoring the pandemic. He always has. He's got 16 days left. The vaccine, which I would argue will be his biggest positive contribution to this country. He got behind warp speed. He made the bet and he won. But now the rollout's a disaster and he's not doing anything to fix it. He won't even address it. That's what we have to address. Let's get after it. Next. Operation Warp Speed was a strong move, and it paid off in the form of a gift, the vaccine early. Why are we wasting it? Why are we allowing distribution to suck? Retrumplicans nodded to claims of herd immunity this year, okay? Here's the reality. They said, yeah, yeah, no, this year we're going to get there. This pace gets us there in 2027. How many more dead, empty seats, empty hearts, sick who can't work, who will never fully recover thanks to long haul? How many will it take? Our team jumped on the vaccination effort early, not out of cynicism, but because no process benefits from the combined vacuum created by a lack of transparency and no clear structure of who is in charge of what. This was destined to fail, and that's what's happening. And that's what these people saddled us with, and we're going to struggle. But remember, the administration told you the goal was this. We expect that in the second quarter of next year, we'd have enough vaccine for all Americans that want it. So that would mean administering 3.5 million shots a day, a day. The reality 15 million doses have been delivered, but less than a third of that administered. Okay, we're way behind. That's 4.5 million shots over 21 days. They said we need three and a half shots a day. You get it? We're failing. We're falling fall short. Why? Because it was an unrealistic goal. That's on them. But we're also not fixing the process to make it as good as we can. And that's on us. We got to push for it. They didn't walk the walk. Why? No plan, no transparency, just more trumpery. This is what you get from them. The holiday period is behind us. I am optimistic this number are going to go up. Yeah, it's not about optimism. It's about planning and follow through. Here's the fact. In the last few days, numbers have actually gone down. Okay, then there is this. We'll work with the states. We need specific requests for help. We are sitting here ready to help them when they tell us where to help them. We are inviting them to ask them for help and we help them. They don't even know what to ask for and you don't get back to them very quickly and they don't know who to call and you know it. No state is choosing to slow walk this. Yet only four states have, admi- have managed to administer half of their doses. Why? Because it's hard. Okay? Now, some states dispute the CDC figures. Okay? 11 states have more than 75% of their doses still sitting in the freezers. There's no question that this is a problem on many different levels, but it's hard on many different levels. You should have been prepping for this in the months that you had. And why is it hard? Paperwork. Each shot takes a lot of time. Okay, you have freezer capacity. It remains a problem. This is very special storage in a lot of places that doesn't have don't have the capacity for it. Uh, You have too much of the heavy lifting falling on the backs of exhausted hospital workers. Why? Because they didn't give the states money and the states don't have it to hire more people to do this. They don't have the resources. So if this is a problem that the states could manage on their own, then wouldn't at least one of them be on pace? Right? No state wants to be in this situation. Only the federal government has the resources to pull us out of this generational medical crisis. Look, at the end of the day, economically, it's going to hurt. But only the federal government can print money. Okay? Rather than focus on that, The Fed devotes their energy to what you just saw. Destroying confidence in the ability of the states to do it. Destroying confidence in our electoral process. The reality, even if there is a democracy left when they turn to run again, unless they focus on the need, they're going to be running in another pandemic election in two years. The scariest part of the Trump intimidation of the Georgia officials is not what he's doing, but why he is doing it. That's what we have to get at. That's the symptom that matters. We have a great guest. His niece is a clinician, and she thinks, don't worry about what he's doing. Focus on why he's doing it. And she has a personal and psychological take I've not heard before. Next.
Mary Trump, the president's niece, author of Too Much and Never Enough, clinical psychologist. Welcome back to primetime. Happy New Year. So you spooked me again because I thought that this was about your uncle trying to exert authority over everybody else to show he's still got the power, to show he can manipulate the system. You say, I've got it all wrong again, that this is a fear response that we're seeing. Explain. Well, first of all, Happy New Year, Chris. It's great to be here. Um, We are seeing a man who is in a position he's never been in before. On the one hand, uh, Donald has never won legitimately in his life, but... Winning has always been the point, not the process. It doesn't matter if you lie, cheat, steal, use somebody else's power connections. As long as you get the win, that's really all that matters. Because in my family, certainly according to my grandfather, the worst thing you could possibly be is a loser. Which is why we see Donald going to such great lengths to at least sow doubt in uh, the minds of voters enough so that he could perhaps get the results in one state overturned. Again, that still wouldn't be enough to change the results of the election, but maybe it happened in other states too. So while what he's doing is personal, as you've pointed out, he's not interested in doing the job. He couldn't care less about the job. He's interested in the power and the protections it affords him. So The problem, though, is that because he's so desperate and because he has so much to lose, he's willing to bend anybody to his will. None of this is performative for him. He literally wants to undermine the legitimate results of this election so he can stay out of trouble and not be branded the loser he actually is. What was he thinking about? making that call to the secretary of state. Do you think that just he and the other big brains around him thought nobody would be recording them, that that's just what he does? He was thinking he's always done this. Why should now be any different? If he believes that he deserves to win, no matter what it takes, no matter how many people have to commit sedition and other crimes against our constitution, then they should do it because he's Donald. And he should get whatever he wants, because that's what his father always made sure happened. Mm. Um, You know, the problem is uh, that it's causing incalculable damage to our system. Uh, You said earlier that you think that he could get away with shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue. The problem is he's he's shooting the Constitution in the heart on Pennsylvania Avenue and people who could stop him are not stopping him. And we're in extremely dangerous territory right now. When does it end? You know, the the next couple of days are going to be uh, extraordinarily interesting. And by that, I mean terrifying, because (laughs) I think what happens in Georgia will in part determine or at least influence what happens in the Senate on Wednesday. And either way, Donald, because Donald doesn't really care about Georgia. He only cares about what happens on on uh, Wednesday. And the fact that he's got over 140 Republicans in the House and over 11 senators willing to commit sedition on his behalf is probably making him feel confident. But, um, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. But we need what we need to keep in mind is that for the Republicans, this is a dress rehearsal. They're normalizing things the way things have always been normalized for Donald so that the next time we have a close election, they're going to get away with it. Mm. Something else I don't get. If he likes Mike Pence, why would he set him up the way he just did moments ago? Is it just ignorance that he doesn't really get at this point, even though all he's thinking about is Wednesday, how Wednesday actually works? Because otherwise he just set up Mike Pence to take the fall for it not going his way on Wednesday when Mike Pence, as VP, has no role other than a ceremonial ministerial one. He has no discretion to change anything that happens on that day. First of all, we need to remember that every single relationship Donald has is transactional. If you can be of use to him, he likes you. If you refuse to be of use to him, he doesn't care about you and will throw you under the bus. What he's doing is making other people believe that Pence actually is capable of doing something to save Donald on Wednesday, even though, as you just pointed out, 
that is not at all the case. So um, by making other people believe that, he thinks that he's putting Pence under more pressure. And again, I think it's going to come down to what happens tomorrow and how much more the Republican Party thinks they need to continue appeasing Donald and his base. Boy, I'll tell you, what an amazing, you know, bizarre, whatever kind of word uh, that you want to put to it, that all of these hostile, aggressive, obnoxious actions are actually a function of fear. Mary Trump, thank you very much for your take. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. So Georgia is going to be a big deal. We'll decide what Congress looks like and how it acts. Little question about that. How will it turn out? How do the Democrats really think it may go for them? Could they really win? Georgia went blue in November in the big race. But what will happen now? Stacey Abrams, really the person responsible for shining a light on Georgia and how things work there. That's the irony that the Republicans are now saying it's the problem. This Democrat is the one who lit that fire. What's happening now? Next. Stacey Abrams. What's with this Stacey Abrams? You know, your governor, your governor and your secretary of state, they're petrified of Stacey Abrams. They say they're Republicans. I really don't think they are. They can't be. What's up with this Stacey Abrams? Why don't we ask her? Here she is. Um, Look, you know, this is the bizarro world that we live in. Uh, You are being actively weaponized um, by this president, and we know why. Uh, You make a great foil for him with the people in Georgia. What do you make of what we're seeing from him? And what is your take on what's happening in the state in these elections? Well, first of all, I think he's forgotten who he's here to talk about. And it's a sad day when the best he can do in order to rally the troops is to spend too much time talking about me. We're spending our time talking about John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. And we were proud to have Vice President Joe Biden, soon to be President Joe Biden here in Georgia to talk about how we win these elections. And it's not by trying to relitigate an election that he has now lost in Georgia four times. It's not by creating conspiracy theories and spinning them out on hour-long phone calls. It's by doing the work that we've done on the ground, knocking on doors, talking to voters, and really connecting the dots between COVID relief, good jobs, good access to health care, and justice. And those are only things we will get if tomorrow Democrats turn out and vote for John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. Uh, Two things. Uh, One about the state of play and then the next one, the election itself. State of play. Um, Respond to the following. Why is Stacey Abrams saying that Trump is wrong to raise questions about Georgia? She was the first one to do it. Now he raises the questions and they're not questions anymore. What's your response? Number one, my questions weren't about the outcome of the election. I never challenged the numbers. I challenged the system. And I fought to make certain that every vote that got cast got counted. I had no notion of whether those votes would be counted for me or not, but I fought to make certain every vote got counted. And once that process completed, I started their fight to ensure that we never had to question whether voters would be heard from again. What he is attempting to do is the exact opposite. He only wants the voters he likes to be heard. And he's doing his best to dismantle the system. He's arguing against a system that we fixed through fair fight and through the Democratic Party that meant that no matter where you lived in the state of Georgia, if you filed an absentee ballot and you needed to fix a mistake, you were notified. In 2018, it was up to the local elections official if you knew how to fix your ballot, which is why if you were black or Latino or Asian American, your ballot was twice as likely to be rejected. If you were young, it was five times more likely. This election, that wasn't the problem. And so there is absolutely no comparison, except that both of us use the word vote. I'm fighting against voter suppression to make certain that voter access is always available. And he's fighting to make himself the victor by disenfranchising and disallowing voters that he doesn't care for. There is nothing common in what we're doing. And it's a deeply it's a deep disservice to Georgians to think that his allegations, his fraudulent allegations should have any countenance and the work that we do to make sure that every voice, every vote counts. You think you have a chance of winning either of these special elections? Absolutely. We have seen record turnout. In 2008, the high water mark for a runoff election, 2.1 million voters cast their ballots. As of today, more than 3 million have already voted early. 
And of that number, 112,000 are people who didn't vote in November, but believe it was so important that they showed up. 40% of those voters are black voters, and 22% of those voters are under the age of 25. Those are communities that wouldn't normally show up, but they understand how critical this election is. And we think that they're excellent harbingers of what can happen tomorrow if every voter shows up and if every voter believes that their vote matters. Stacey Abrams, well argued, and thank you. We'll be watching. Thank Thank you you all for watching every every time. Thank you very much for watching CNN tonight. The big show with the big man, D Lemon, right now. I'm all hopped up on energy drink that I stole from your office when you were on the air. What? You left it on your desk. So I went I went in to take you a present uh, and uh, it wasn't my office. Yeah, it was your office. Oh, all right. Yeah. Do you have energy? You sure it was energy drink? Sometimes Uh, I just put things in those. (laughs) I'm going to say, do you recognize this? Uh, yeah, thank you, sir. So smell like tequila? <laughs> Cristoforo! How are you, sir? Cristoforo! <laughs> Mi amigo, don't let me. Uh, how, do you, how do you say... Uh, oh, stop, your... don't, get... don't get in trouble. Stop it. We cannot get in trouble on the first We got a joke about the absurd because it allows us to focus on the realities that matter. It's true, but I got to tell you, I've been I'm sitting there, and I usually don't do this, but I had to hear it because there's so much going on. After that ridiculous phone call last night, and you did it right, I'm going to take my engagement band on, and I'm going to put it on here, and I'm going to sit there and say, hey, hey. It's criminal what you're doing. Everybody's going to hate you. Everyone hates you. You should. You, you got to look into it. They're changing the, the, the machines on the inside. They're, they're, they're burning ballots. They're, they're, they're destroying ballots. Don't you know? Uh, no, Mr. President, none of that is true. Your problem is the data. The, well, that, was a, Chris, that was a gutsy thing let me uh, tell you. for that Secretary of State to say it, to the President of the United States. It was very gutsy, but it's the truth. And you know what? I, from, he, he is a man of faith. And I learned about it tonight as I was watching CNN, that he is a man of faith and he's relying on his faith. And that's why he could sit there and just very stoically say, I'm sorry, Mr. President, you're wrong. Our data shows that you did not win Georgia. And I have to tell you, I dial out on the weekends. I didn't find out about this tape until late into the evening yesterday as I was on my way to the grocery store because I needed to, you know, we got to, us Southerners have to get those meals in for New Year's. You got to get the, you got to get the black eyed peas, the cornbread and the cabbage in with a little ham, right? So all that stuff. So I, I was on my way to the supermarket and I just, I couldn't stop listening to the entire tape People over really should hear the full again. hour. It's, 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 one of, it's one of the rare examples where the clips don't do it justice because no. you see in that entire hour, he is just going from desperation to desperation. He never offers one legitimate piece of proof for this secretary of state to act Not on. One. And he just gets more and more threatening. And by the way, he had some real hitters in that room with him on that call. I don't know what his lawyer was thinking. I saw the statement from her firm. I don't know why she didn't leave the room. Well, here's the thing. Um, no one listens to the real evidence, right? I mean, at least on, on that side. And it's not just the president. He is, he's sitting there trying to coerce, co-opt, cajole, convince. How many C's can I do, right? <laughs> That's a lot going on, right? Just the C's and there are other ones. Um, to, to trying to, all to the secretary of state, to bring him over to his side in the meantime, acting like a mob boss, boss, a, a legit con man, someone who is delusional, who seems manic. I just have to be honest. It was the craziest thing I ever heard. And if you ever heard desperation in anyone's voice, it was that. But it's not just him. It's a self-feeding loop. It's the people in that room who are feeding him BS, mm-hmm. who, are t- who are going along with it. Someone needs to be like the secretary of state and say, Mr. President, I'm sorry. You are wrong. The information you have is wrong. The data you have is wrong. This has all already been investigated. So for you Trump people who are out there, supporters on the fence, whatever, if you're watching now, if you're going to watch this on social media, the president said nothing on that call last night. None of it was true, except for the fact where he said this is Trump media. And there you go. It's a self-fulfilling loop, a self-fulfilling prophecy that there, that's happening in Georgia. That's another story, a feedback loop that just keeps going around with just disinformation, disinformation, disinformation. I, I think you and I think you nail what we have to focus on. Also, look, <clears throat> Trump, I believe, will be remembered as the worst. We've right. never seen anybody abuse the office the way he has not in our lifetime. 
Um, but the, the people, those who remain, the Kevin McCarthy's, the people in the House, the people in the Senate um, who are enabling this, mm-hmm. who are complicit in it. You know, the man he called Lion Ted, the man he called uh, Little Marco, Little you know, Marco. Uh, Mr. Uh, you know, Bible Boy. You know, he's got a Bible quote for every moment. He just never speaks truth to power yeah. or acts on any of it in the interests of his own state or of this country. They remain and they all know what they're doing is bogus. They know what they're doing on the 6th is bogus. Think about it. They say they have to do this, Don, because the irregularities demand it. But the irregularities on that tape That's don't. It's not true. But, Chris, here's a, this is a thing that gets me that is so ridiculous. You said one of them. Uh, his, his, his loss is not legitimate. But their win is legitimate on the, on, same the, on the same ballot. That makes no sense. But the other thing is, is that we, have, we must do this. Because we have millions and millions of voters who believe this election was illegitimate and it was stolen. Why do they believe that? Because you have been telling them that. Of course they're going to believe it. If you would stop telling them that and start telling them the truth, then maybe they would believe the truth that the election was not stolen and that was a clean election according to everyone who has investigated, most of them Republicans. So stop saying that we must respect Trump supporters who believe bullshit because it is bullshit that you have been feeding them. The president and you have been feeding them the BS. And now that they believe it, all of a sudden, you again, another self-fulfilling prophecy and feedback loop. I can't believe that. My constituents believe this, so I must go on. Well, and yet I've told them that this is what it's all BS. Look. And it's all made up. And guess what? As I said, when, when Trump was in office for, you know, in the middle of his... Uh, Karma is a you-know-what, because there will come a time when Democrats will have control, and if they start doing the same thing that you have been doing for the last couple of years, you are going to be pissed off. And guess what? It has happened. Sorry. Well, the Democrats should get stepped on also if they do that. People can't be abusing this power anymore. It's not about them. They've got to put their focus back on the people's business. But I hope the sixth, you know, and I want to make sure people understand this, I hope it goes bad. And not because I want any more drama. God knows we don't need it. But I want you to see the names. I want you to see the faces and I want you to remember who stands up when they know it's wrong and says that they're doing what's right. They will be lying to you. And you must remember them because these men and women are only doing this because they think they have a shot at the top. That's why they're playing this game. (laughs) Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Josh Harley, come on. Ted Cruz, Lion Ted. Come on. Not as long as Trump has breath in his body. Will he ever allow anyone any oxygen in that party to become president besides him. Mark my words. I'll mark them. Okay. I'm being told enough. Thank you, Christophero. I know. Get to Chris, the tape. You got to get it right. Yeah. Christophero. 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 How Thank you say a Don and Lemoni? Shut up. Good night. Good night. I love you, Don Lemon. I love you more. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're right back New where we were. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.